0: In this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. If you're not failing, maybe you're not trying hard enough.
1: Welcome to Ponding Pending Ending. We are an Ending Pending Podcasting, and we talk about television shows that have only lasted for a single season. I'm your host, Andy.
2: I'm your live-in horticulturist, Evan.
0: And I'm your other not-host, Ronnie.
1: <laughs> so, this week on Ending Pending, we are talking about Kings, episodes 8, 9, and 10. But before we get involved with that, let's talk about something else that's happening this week. And... All I can really think of is that like Mueller is like five minutes away from arresting Trump. I don't really have anything else besides that. Not to make
2: it is this like a political second show Christmas out here or anything. Yeah, I keep bringing up Trump. I
1: and... can't help it. It's like it's all in my noodle.
0: Yeah, it's it's been a kind of a weird week for us over at the uh, at the Ronnie house. Uh, but every now and then, I look back at Twitter and I like get reminded of like. Uh, new developments in the case and my, my heart twitterpates a little bit and I remember that things are going to be okay because eventually the dictator in chief is
2: is not going to be there anymore well except then Pence will be in charge and he's way more insidious yeah every I mean well Mueller's
1: going to get them all Mueller's going to collect them all like Ash
2: Ketchum no Pence no. is too smart Pence is too smart to have got his fingers in any of that no
0: what's what's real more like possible is that Trump just goes on a rampage and destroys Mueller's credibility. And because nobody in Congress has a spine, nobody on the Republican ticket like votes to impeach him. But then we just like, 2018, we just like crush it. Got that, got that swing left going on. And, and, you know, we just make him want to resign. I honestly think that's probably more likely, is that he just can't do any of his patented winning in 2018 he's 2019? never gonna
2: resign he's t- he's way too arrogant he's too self-obsessed he's he like the man is a legend in his own mind no matter how bad he fucks up he's 100% convinced that he's the greatest president of all time he's never gonna resign he's he does living think in that this... isn't that wild he's, he does yeah, think that and t- tells everybody all the time <laughs> he's living in a world of his own creation it's bizarre it's a dark dark twisted orange world
0: yeah Hmm. But, but yeah, things things seem to be coming to a head there, and it's 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 good to see justice happening in America for once. Well, now that we're all on like an FBI watch list for sure. Oh, I've long since been oh, on the FBI yeah. watch
2: list. It when I was like fourteen, I googled how much uh like how many liters of blood do you have to lose before uh you can't stay conscious anymore and like ever since that moment it's yeah
1: i used to call the white house to complain every time obama did something i didn't like and then i used to call to complain about trump but they deleted the phone number so you can't call anymore
2: okay okay let's let's talk about this uh this nonsense that we're watching by which i mean this great show because it is a really great show okay so, um, Ronald, what are you doing?
0: I don't know. You guys keep cutting out a bunch, and I'm sure I was going to go in the living room so I could be closer to my router, but Kirsten's watching Getting TV in there. Getting a tour
1: of your house. Yeah. It's great. I
2: just hear your mic, like... <laughs>
0: yeah, it's doing that. I opened... It looks
1: like you're on a ghost hunting program as you were, like, running around your house. <laughs> it did look I... like that.
0: I opened my door so some of the Wi-Fi can get in, and I don't know if that's how it works, <laughs> but...
2: You have, oh, you have to God. leave that in the show. Yeah, don't any <laughs> any of that out. <laughs> I might wow. a little bit of it out. <laughs> No, no, no. You gotta leave it all. You gotta, this is, this is quality content. <laughs> Look at, <it>, listen. <laughs> I opened the doors so that the some Wi-Fi could get in. The Wi-Fi
0: <laughs> icon is like waves, and I want those waves to be able to hit my computer. I don't want I'm, the door to stop okay.
2: Like. Like, real talk. I don't know if that's not how Wi-Fi works, like that. I like I'm laughing at you because it sounds silly, but like that's probably how it. I don't fucking know. Can we, I? Also, we should open the door. <laughs> like. Can I'm I also just? Door. Can I just
1: say that's the funniest joke we've ever had on our <laughs> podcast?
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm very. I mean, Wi-Fi can't travel through walls, can it?
2: I, I, I mean, I it can. I don't know. I if mean, it makes I guess it, it or not like, I don't know if it makes it slower, weaker, worser. I don't someone know. Google how
1: Wi-Fi works. <laughs> how does Wi-Fi?
0: Somebody work? don't. Nobody here. Google how Wi-Fi works. One of our one of our fans. Google how Wi-Fi works, and then send us a detailed. They're description. all smarter. Send us an
2: angry message. They're all smarter than us, us. They know how it works. Yeah, I was gonna right, say but, yeah.
0: No one, no one doesn't have to Google it. They're just like, no. Here's how Wi-Fi works because I'm a I'm an adult.
2: Is
1: that why you don't get, like, Wi-Fi in, like, Target? Because the walls are so thick? I think like, so. Those?
0: Like, in the back? <laughs> in, like, Walmart and stuff like that?
2: Yeah. Hey,
0: what look, show are we look, watching right we now? Have a, yeah, look, we
2: have a podcast to do. Okay. We watched some more Kings. We watched some more of this Good Good Kings. Uh, we watched episodes 8 and 9 and 10. Um, and in episode 8... Uh, the the queen's brother, the cross gen guy, what's his first name?
1: Adam. No, Adam. It's Alex.
0: No, his yeah, son's it's name Alex is Cross, his...
1: and his son's name is Andrew. Yes, okay, because we,
0: we goofed that up last week. Now. We had okay, m- mixed it up, but yes, Andrew is Macaulay Coke and, and Alex is a uh, creepy old guy.
2: Okay, um, so the king's having a birthday, Silas is having a birthday, and uh. Andrew Cross, who is the Queen's nephew, uh, isn't invited, and he throws a hissy fit, and he... Um,
1: he, he handles d- it pretty well, actually. His dad throws the hissy fit.
2: No, that's what I mean. That's that's what I'm talking about, his dad. Okay. Yeah, no, Andrew is just like, whatever, but um, the guy in charge, if I suppose it's Alex, mm-hmm. Alex Cross... Uh, He throws a hissy fit, and he fucks some shit up, and he basically causes a blackout in the whole city. And, um... uh, Symbolically, during the blackout, there's this, like, liminal state where everyone's, uh, sort of problems and responsibilities are suspended. And Michelle and David go wandering through the city, and, uh... Jack goes and, uh, sees his, like, secret ex-boyfriend, and they all confront some heavy emotional shit, and, um, Silas, all the while, is having flashbacks to when his daughter, Michelle, uh, was super, super ill, and it's revealed that he, like, made this secret pact with death that, uh, if she lived, he would, uh, like, give up his throne, to someone more worthy than him and it would be terrible and worse than his daughter dying and like death was making a point like death as personified by this this woman he may have been hallucinating was making a point about how he loves himself more than his daughter and he thinks he wants his daughter to live but he really would rather be king than have his daughter live and so he makes the deal and michelle like in the flashback she gets better and it kind of pulls together this whole, this whole thing that's happening with David and with Michelle and like why all of this is culminating the way it's culminating. Um, also, nudie pics. Oh yes, yes. That that's important for the next episode. Uh, while Michelle and David are uh, off, uh, having a little having a little roll in the hay in like, the royal family's unused summer home, uh, they take some, like, nudie pictures, which is just the dumbest thing you could possibly do. I don't know how they could be that dumb. I mean, I know it's, like, it's it, it's important later for character development story shit, but, like, oh, God, how can Seriously, how can you be that dumb? Anyway, uh, some nudie pictures get taken. Um, <clears throat> so... Then in episode nine, which is entitled "Pilgrimage," uh, the king goes off to visit his uh, secret family, his secret mistress and son, and brings David with him. And um, then, back in back in Shiloh, uh, the the what's her name, the lady.
1: Uh, I was going to say Thomasina, but that's not right.
2: No,
0: no. no, 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 no the, uh, the politician lady. Ghent. Uh, Katrina Gent, Katrina, Katrina
2: Gent. Yes, okay. I'm in charge of this podcast. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, back in Shiloh, uh, Katrina Ghent, who sort of bought her way into a position of power, uh, via Andrew Cross gets a hold of Michelle's nudie pictures, and via another informant gets a hold of, um, uh, a video that Jack's, uh, like, former lover, like, filmed of himself just, like, talking about, like, their relationship and, like, tried to deliberately distribute it to, like, news sources and stuff, and, um, that, like, the... Jack's, I, I don't know what the precise nature of their relationship is, but this guy he was in love with, this guy Jack was in love with, sent out this video talking about their relationship and then killed himself, and Katrina Ghent has this video, and she has Michelle's nudie pictures, and she basically uses them to blackmail the royal family and to, like, force the queen to choose which child is going to be slandered and which child is going to like have their secrets kept um and then in episode 10 uh, silas found, finds out that david and michelle have been uh have been getting up to no good Sex. Uh, yeah, they're doing they're doing the nasty. They, sex. Been, they've been doing the nasty. Sex. They're having sex.
1: They're doing sex.
2: Yeah, they're doing the sex. Andy, what are they doing?
1: Holding hands.
0: Scandalous. Sin.
1: With their genitals. Oh, uh, oh. That's, uh, uh. that's
0: that's not a. I mean, it, sex is not a gross thing, but that's a that's a very gross <laughs> thing yeah, to that. describe
2: sex. <laughs> Yeah.
1: I'm sorry, I'm gonna leave the podcast now.
2: Yeah, you're fired, bye. Okay,
1: have fun um, remembering everyone's names.
2: <laughs> anyway, Silas figures out that David and Michelle are banging. And sex. They're doing the sex. <laughs> they're doing a the sex. And um, Silas flips his shit, and he sends David off on this basically impossible sort of suicide mission to this remote area to try and recover this, uh, like artifact of national importance called the Charter, which was stolen for sale on the black market.
1: Is this our and first crossover with Enter the
2: Cage? Are we talking about national treasure now?
0: <laughs> Stole. I'm gonna
2: steal the Charter of Gilboa! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, David gets sent on this impossible quest... And um, uh, Jack get Jack gets engaged to Katrina to uh, like basically save his sister's reputation and also to spite his mother because his mother is a terrible person. And um, then the queen has Katrina murdered basically, and David, in spite of being up against impossible odds, does in fact find the Charter and bring it back, and Silas is kind of forced to like welcome him back as a hero. There was a lot going on in these episodes. There were some real good episodes. Yeah, I parents. hope that was an adequate uh, synopsis, because there was a ton going on, and I was trying to distill it down into the most important bits.
0: Yeah. The only thing I think that, uh, that episode 10, it ends with... Uh, Silas making the call to have Daniel arrested for treason.
1: Yeah, Daniel got thrown to lions. This mm-hmm. yeah. David,
0: oh uh, whoever he is. Uh, yeah, David's arrested for treason. Yeah,
2: um, at the very end, in like yes. the last thirty seconds. Right, 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 yes. right, right.
0: right. Uh, but you know that that was fantastic. Thank you so much, Evan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we watched three more episodes of this television show, and I gotta ask, Andy. Yeah, Ronald. Did it work? No, this show, I think it really
1: took a 180 nosedive. Oh, Probably man. I don't think it's working anymore.
0: Oh, jeez. Just oh, kidding. The show is amazing. Oh, that gets me
2: It's every so, time. so good. I think that joke's getting a little tired by now. <laughs> have I said it each time? Yeah.
1: Did I say that joke before? Yeah. I'm fired again. Yeah.
2: <laughs> hey, Evan. Yeah. You have to elaborate on what you like. This this is how... This, oh. We have a format. We have a system. I don't like formats or systems. I like just... Too bad. I'm like free-flowing jazz. I'm with a my robot. Podcasting. I'm a robot. Give me order. Feed me numbers. Nom 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 nom.
1: Okay, so I have to like say what's working about it. Just give or just give
2: some, some points. Just give some things that oh, were that man. were good. Tease, okay. it. Tease it. a little bit. This
1: podcast is so difficult. Um It just keeps like flipping expectations on On their heads. So you think like. Oh this show is doing this trope now. And then it's like. Oh wait shit no it's not. It just flipped everything over again. So like. The Katrina Ghent thing. Like you think like. Oh she's pulling a like. Marjorie Tyrell. Like. She's this young. Beautiful like competent woman. Who's going to come in. And like fuck shit up. And like nope. She just got freaking assassinated. Like. After, like, four episodes, um, you think that, like, something's going to happen over here, and it doesn't. It happens over there, and it's crazy, and I don't know what's going on anymore, or who's in charge.
2: <laughs> Silas is in en- charge. Was
1: that enough?
0: Yes, that was sufficient.
1: Okay. Ronald, because Evan has to go last now. what what's working for you or is it working i guess (laughs) the thing i say
0: with such enthusiasm um it is working it definitely is working um there are moments while i'm watching it i don't want to say that i'm like looking for something to be wrong but i'm certainly looking for like the reason that it didn't succeed like i'm looking for the reason that like oh this is this is where it turns and this is where it like you know it starts to get shelved a little bit but like i find like little granular things and i'm like oh that 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 wasn't my favorite and then i think about it for like 3 seconds and i'm like oh no that was like the best part of this episode for these reasons that i now know like it it is it is it, it's maybe formulaic is the only knock i can i can leverage against it like you know what's going to happen sometimes like, like the whole final episode, like it was a good episode, David going and getting the charter. Um, but you knew David was coming back with the charter. Like that was going to happen, but they do it in such a triumphant and such a like that, like this episode, David really comes into his own and, and I'll stop talking about stuff. Cause like, I don't want to like spoil my, well, what's working, but it just, it's doing a good job of hitting the beats and hitting the right beats, not just kind of like randomly striking in every beat. It's hitting the right beats and it's hitting those beats hard, and I'm into it. Uh Evan. Yes. Is it working?
2: Yeah, it super is. I think if anything, the the show is really fully coming into its own right about at this stage. Like it's it is it's really fully developed. Um, I really like, the these three episodes, I think, had a different tone than what we've seen so far. Uh, they, they certainly experimented with different, uh, framing devices and with different, like, pacing and it, it's really, like, they can't, they can do no wrong. It's sort of, it's sort of it's a little bit alarming like the in spite of like having some some switch ups in how they sort of progress it's like everything just continues to be more and more interesting as you go so yes absolutely it's really working it's i'm actually getting a little bit like distraught that we're not going to get a second season at this point, because I know the end is coming, but yeah, it's it's so good. How dare not allowed?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm I am very disappointed. Uh, this is becoming like one of the favorite parts of my week. It's not like homework like it usually is for these shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's amazing definitely working for a us.
1: Show that isn't awful.
2: <laughs> yeah. Who knew?
0: Yeah, they, they make those. Um, yeah. So, Evan, this show certainly seemed to work for us, but it can't be flawless. What uh, what are some of the things that didn't
2: work for you? Um, I, I have two things, and I actually am a little bit pleased that on this episode, finally, I feel like I have something worthwhile to complain about. Uh, which is not to distract from the show overall. The show overall was still good. Like, but I do, I do have two two things that do indeed bother me. Okay. About about these three episodes. First one is that, uh, in episode eight, uh, Silas and Michelle both independently, like, make deals with God. So that Michelle will live or at least Michelle thinks that she did because she she basically tells David that like as she's as she's slipping from this mortal coil like she she promised that uh, she would like dedicate her life to God and like never never be happy basically uh, except insofar as like she's making other people happy before herself. And we also know that uh, Silas, like, met with the apparition of death and, like, agreed to this thing where he would give up his crown to to save his daughter. And um, I felt like Silas's deal was really good and really sort of pulled in, like, an element of, like, prophecy and an element of, like uh sort of this supernatural predetermination and yet also he still had a hand in it like he has a hand in his own demise but michelle's deal i feel like was really superfluous uh i feel like it that existed only to like sort of create this uh this extra layer of of conflict surrounding her relationship with david so that she had to do this oh we can't Oh we cannot I have promised to God that I will never get married and be happy or whatever and I I feel like there was so much other stuff going on like with Jack's jealousy and with uh, Silas's uh, like resentment uh, that like he knew that David was going to usurp him and like th- I feel like this was just some weird like fluff that they put in there. And I don't feel like uh I don't feel like it was interesting or added anything to the story to have this sort of second subclause deal that Michelle had with God to like to make it harder for her and David to bang or whatever. It's yeah, it... yeah, if I if I can add a
0: little bit, like even in the scene in the conference room, she talks about how like she has already disappointed God uh, and she can't stand to disappoint her father too. It's like she, it seems like she doesn't care much about the vow she made with God yeah. and she just like wants to like honor this weird promise she made her dad that he yeah. didn't really want her to make yeah. all those years ago. In which case like, then just make, make it a dad, like make it a parent thing. Like mm-hmm. make it similar to, to Jack's thing where like Jack can't be with who he wants to be with Um, because his parents are, like, super disapproving.
2: Just do the same thing, but they don't approve of, of David in that way. Like We don't need Silas to be, like, disappointed in Michelle or disapproving of this relationship because we already have this, like, really good, intense emotional baggage that he's got surrounding the fact that he knows that david is gonna usurp him at some point because of this deal he made for his daughter's life like that's already enough reason for him to be absolutely horrified at the notion that david and his daughter are like involved because like he can see his demise coming in david so like we don't need all this like no i promised i wouldn't get married or it just it seems it seems very silly and unnecessary and it seems weirdly tacked on and also juxtaposed against like what jack is going through in the meantime it just seems really silly and trivial yeah uh because they definitely were sort of paralleling their experiences and they were not parallel experiences at all like they were trying to make it seem like oh this is also a hard thing that Michelle no that is not the it's not the same it's not even close um can I also just say too that Michelle just wasn't selling
1: her covenant mm-hmm. in the same no. way that Silas was yeah and i don't like know if that's the actress's fault or if it's the writer's fault or if it's the director's fault but like Ian McShane is making you believe that he made this blood covenant with death. And Michelle's just like, oh, I made a promise. This is my promise ring. It's Just like not the same to Ian McShane's blood oath.
2: Right. Um. So yeah, that Michelle's covenant as a concept just should not have been in there at all, I don't think. It was unnecessary and it, it sort of dragged down the other stuff that was going on. The only other thing that bothered me was that, um... Katrina went down way too easy. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, they, uh... They just had, like, a throwaway line about, like, how dangerous the roads were, and she was just, blink, out of the story. Like, that was it. And, um... her, Her involvement in the whole thing, I thought was... A slow burn setup and she was finally like getting to do something and uh and it was real interesting it was a good angle it was a good subplot and I don't know if they if they decided like oop we don't have time to flesh that out better just murder her um I don't know but it she she just disappeared off the face of the earth and like the story rolled on without her and I was like wait but that was going to be something. Like, that plot was going to be something. Okay. It
1: also seemed like the best possible option for Jack. Yes. Yeah.
2: Like, it was It was
1: terrible, but it seemed like the best possible deal for him.
2: Yeah, he basically, I mean, after having gone through all he's gone through, like, he basically would get, not what he wanted, but, like, an all right arrangement. Like...
1: And, like, that's just a reality that a lot of queer people around the world have to deal with, is having...
2: Like, a convenience marriage.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was kind of a crazy plot twist that she just got, like, killed. Like,
2: even I, had they, Even like, had they, like, shown her assassination, I feel like that would have wrapped it up a lot better. That's fair. Had it been more than just a throwaway, like, oop, yeah, shame, she died in a car crash... H- had they sort of borne out the the emotional impact of that a little bit more and given it a little more weight, I think that would have been a, not great, but satisfactory wrap-up to that situation. And also, it would have, like, it would have given Rose a little bit more, because she arranged that whole thing. Yeah. Like, she arranged for Katrina to to get killed, so... Seeing her reaction to it, seeing her reaction to the news, seeing Katrina, like, actually seeing her die would have been a better direction to take, I think. Those were my two negatives. And, like, this is the most negatives we've had in an episode, which is interesting, because these are actually, like, some of my favorite episodes so far, in spite of these badness. So, do you guys have uh, have any negatives? Let's, let's Let's take it over to Andy.
1: Um, I'm not getting enough out of Samuels, and I love the, the like, king's aide-de-camp who, like, is marking everything down and, and like, writing everything, and I love that episode 10 was called Chapter 1, and it's David's chapter, like, it, it's the start of David's book. But at the same time, I can't help but feel like by having this, like, court character who's writing the book that it's taking away from, like, Samuel's role. Because Kings is based on 1st and 2nd Samuel. Like, Samuel is the character in the Bible who writes Saul's and David's and Jonathan's story. And I feel like they just don't quite know what to do with the character of Reverend Samuel's. Like... He was prominent in the first couple episodes when he, like, anointed David. But he really hasn't done much since. And I don't have an actual complaint other than I wish we were getting more of him. I don't know what the more would be, but I I, I wish he was involved more. Anyone have anything to say about that? No?
0: Yeah, I kind of, like um reverend samuels was was in this episode in this episode 10 and he seemed like he was like back in his advisory duties to silas and i know that he had been like casually back there but i i i don't remember him like being fully reinstated like like the last that we we had really heard of him was when he was on judgment day like he was fighting a case on judgment day and it's like all of a sudden, he's back, and I'm glad he's back. But like, give me, I, I we're yada yading over a lot of stuff that I feel like could be really strong scenes, um, and I, I would have liked a little bit more.
1: Yeah, because at one point, him and Silas did have a really harsh like argument, and yeah. like it seemed like they had a falling out, and it was never really reconciled.
0: Nope.
1: Um. Yeah, I, I feel like the writers don't know what to do with him now. Like they're like, well clearly he's gotta be a like Samuel's gotta be a character. And so they made him one, but then they just haven't really taken his story anywhere. And that's yeah. not really a negative, I guess, on these episodes. These episodes are all great in my opinion, but uh I'd like more Samuels. Yeah. Um do I have anything else? Jeez. I feel like it'd be real awkward to like have your buddy be like hey we're going on a camping trip and then he takes you to see like his secret wife and son <laughs> and David took that like real in stride. Yeah, I would have been like, "Bro, what the fuck? You have a secret family? Why are you showing me this?" Right. He, he's just kind of like, "What is
0: this?" He's casually like leaning up on door on door frame, just kind of like taking it all in and being like, "This is nice. This is really nice." Instead of just having a look on his face like, "Oh my god, what are you doing? What is what? this?" Like Jack and
1: David are kind of friends, like. What? You're just showing your son's, like, buddy? Your secret bastard family? Like, what the (laughs) fuck? (laughs) Uh, That'd be real weird. I would not have been cool with that. I would have been
0: freaking out. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I, like... He's just on the phone with Michelle, like, yeah, things are cool here, babe. It's all good. Don't worry about it. Real talk. Um...
1: Rose killed, uh, is it Michael? Was that Jack's boyfriend? Joe?
0: Joe? I thought it was Joe. Maybe it was Joe. I I thought the exact same thing. Like, Rose killed him for Shorsies? I don't know that she did. It was presented with the same tone with which she talked about uh, Katrina Ghent's accident. So, like, that... I guess she talks about everything in that kind of, like, quippy tone, but...
2: Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit like well, like
1: as a negative you know the torture your gaze thing like is
2: kill your gaze is kind I, of like I don't a think she had him killed I, I I'm like, talking about the
1: show though okay. like the show the writers killed him like the writers either had him commit suicide or Rose killed him so like I'm not like cool with that like it's a trope for a reason. I think that
2: was important. And I'm, well,
1: well I'm okay. let me finish what I'm saying Fine. but the show does it in such a good way that like I almost don't wanna like complain about it like Jack is written so well and I really do feel like this is furthering his story that like yeah the show falls into that trope but it's really well done. so there's that you know
2: mhm
1: i don't know if it's negative but i mean the trope is is dumb and bad and straight people like to torture their gay characters but you know jack is really well written and yeah
2: where that trope comes from is uh like white or i'm sorry well i mean largely white but uh straight writers having this this concept sort of built into their cultural understanding of gay people that like gay people get punished for their lifestyle like that's where that that's where that trope grows out of like gay people live sinful lives and get punished for them and it's pretty much never explicitly about that but it's like implicitly about that uh whereas in this case i think it's it's the opposite situation like jack is sympathetic jack is not the hero but he's someone we care about and like it's the show makes it very clear that both him and this other guy he's in love with are being Treated in a deeply unfair and deeply prejudicial way by terrible people who we, the audience, should hate. It, it's not like a sort of tongue in cheek, like they're getting their comeuppance for their uh, their nonsense lifestyle. Like, this is a real, this is a real, like, sympathetic character in spite of his flaws. Well, like, yeah.
1: I had I had a family member tell me, like, all gay people are sad. Like, haven't you seen on, like, TV, like, gay people are always sad. It's a sad lifestyle. You're going to be lonely. And, like, fuck you. No, I'm not. I'm going to be super happy. And two, like, yeah, those those gay people are written by straight people. And so I do feel like this falls into that, where, like, you know, Jack is this amazing character, but he is very sad and lonely and uh, to crush his like one healthy relationship is is brutal. Um, I do it think it wasn't a healthy relationship. OK, though. well, fair. Yeah. <laughs> but like, <clears throat> I mean, he does say like, this is the only person who ever like saw me for whom I'm in, loved me anyway. Mm-hmm. We're like when he comes out to his mom, she tells him it's a failing of character and slaps him. So, like, I do think it falls into that trope. Now, it's still brilliant writing and acting, and it's beautiful and tragic, but it's, I will still say that it does fall into the
2: murderer gaze trope. I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you, but I I would have been profoundly disappointed had it. Like, had just everything been fine?
1: Oh, well, yeah, like, Jack was never gonna get a happy ending out of this show. Um, I don't think. But, uh, you know, maybe if there was, like, a nice happy, like, Thomasina had a wife. And they, like, had adorable gay children. Like, that'd be cool. But...
2: Alright, we've lingered on this far too long. Sorry about that. Um, Ronnie, do you have any negatives?
0: Yeah. Yeah, sure do. Um... The first one is going back to our conversation about Katrina Ghent. Um, it just, not only is it very unceremonious and very, like, just off the cuff that she gets killed. Almost, it, it, it feels like one of two things. It feels like the kind of thing where, like, Katrina, the actress who played Katrina Ghent, like, quit the show all of a sudden. Like, yeah. <laughs> during, in the middle of the filming of this episode. Um, which probably is not the case. Or it feels like they knew they were like coming, they, they were not getting a second season at this point, and they were like trying to trying to wrap up loose ends. like that makes sense for for Joe. that makes sense for Katrina Gantt. that makes uh, sense for a couple of things that they started to really like accelerate all of a sudden. Um, my pro I, I, I have a problem with the, you know, unceremonious like, you know, shooing of her off the show. But more because, like it, then like, the plot now centers around Jack and his betrothed, his his fiance, mm-hmm. and it's just a his really... other betrothed, his right, his, yeah, his first betrothed, his first who betrothed. he didn't love, not right. his
2: second betrothed, who he was marrying for political re- reasons,
0: right? <laughs> like it just all seems like, like that plot is so boring to me like Mm -hmm. her slowly finding out like secrets about jack and and her being like upset about it's like we've already done this dance we've already had somebody like find out about this who is close to him and and, like do this whole thing like why are we doing this again where we have to make jack out to be like some kind of a henpecked husband who like oh he doesn't care about invitations or flower arrangements what a jerk like it just, it, if you were going to kill off Katrina and and have this kind of be the next thing, at least make it a little bit more interesting other than just like a, you know, whatever. I don't even, it's not, there's no trope for this. It's just, uh, maybe there is. I don't know. It's just boring. I, I'm not interested in it. Um, also, what really bored me, uh, Macaulay Culkin. He, he was kind of like, I, I, I know that he's definitely going for this like he's going for flat and emotionless um, but I want something from you Macaulay Culkin like that that might have worked out in those first episodes when you're getting introduced and you're like oh he's been in an exile he's had a lot of time to reflect on himself and he's he's very cold and calculated but now it just seems like you're just your character is just flat and boring like there's there's points in this episode where like I wanted to see like An emotional rise out of him um and we never got it and uh and so that I just am starting to feel like he just doesn't have a great plan for this character and uh which is disappointing because it seems like there could be a lot of a lot of meat on that bone um
2: I actually liked Macaulay Culkin's character I thought, thought he was very unsettling and clearly a sociopath and I was like okay all right yeah (laughs) i i
0: guess i just like there's no rise and fall like when like even a sociopath when when alex when his dad tells him like i'm not gonna be proud of you like i'm not proud of you unless you do something like i would have wanted to see like some twinge of like concern or or anything or when he like makes this whole meeting and tells his dad like i did it for you like i would have wanted to see like some kind of Rise or fall, and we're just not getting anything. And I don't know. I, I'm definitely unsettled. It's definitely hitting that mark. I just don't know if it's doing anything else. Um, for me, um, I think that's it. I think that's all my negatives. Andy. Yeah. What uh, about these three episodes? Worked for you? So much.
1: Um, man. Really, like everything um i want to know if ian mcshane kept that portrait of himself first off
0: there's three of them apparently according to the to the dialogue
1: yeah uh i i want to know if he has it somewhere because it's a great portrait but um everything worked so well uh the stuff with jack and rose was really, really tough to watch and really heartbreaking. Um David going on his secret mission, uh was <clears throat> I mean, David was probably the most boring part of that episode, but it was cool to see him like do really shitty and not do well. Um get robbed like like an idiot. repeatedly, just get beaten up and robbed. Um uh, all the stuff with, uh, like, the Sabbath Queen was was really good. Um, it's a shame that we lost Katrina so soon, because I was really digging her storyline. Um, what else? Uh, Jack doing, like, sacrificing himself for his sister, I thought was really compelling. And... Um, kind of added more beans to Jack's good counter than his bad counter. I have an interesting
2: thing of it. Do you you mind if I... Yeah, sure, go. Uh, I really don't think he was sacrificing himself. I really think he wanted that video out. I really think that he was just so absolutely emotionally sick of, like, keeping it all together that he wanted this excuse to, like, let it let it get out in the media and like just deal with the fallout of it so he wouldn't have to like lie about it anymore
1: i still think that would have been a selfless move like even if he like saw the benefit in that um of like not having to be in the closet anymore i still would have would consider that selfless It definitely would have ruined his shot at King, so like there's that. Um, And then Jack confronting Alex at the end of Chapter 1 was really interesting, and I'm excited to see where that goes. And that's it for me. So, Ronnie. Yeah? What'd you like?
0: Um, a lot of stuff. Um. At the beginning of episode ten, I guess that's chapter one, where he goes and uh, gets the the historical thing back. The charter, um, charter, the charter. Thank you. Um, that's kind of what I was talking about at the beginning, where like it felt like like at the end of episode nine, um, when silas finds out that david lied to him that he had no secrets from him and then he finds out that him and michelle have been like doing the sex um he's it's like that moment like ian mcshane looks terrifying like he looks i i was very like unsettled leaving that episode and like because i couldn't watch the next one right away i was like I, I am like uncomfortable trying to think of what is going to happen. Um and I felt like right away him saying like, "Oh, well, I'll forgive you if you go get the charter." Like I felt like that was kind of a like he's letting him off easy, like it what there were like the stakes were were too low for that situation. But then like realizing that like, "Oh no, he fully intended for him to die." Like by the time he got out of the city, like he, that was not a like oh, like just do this and and we're cool like he was that was like his death sentence, like realizing that through the episode was really like oh this is this is a good show this is <laughs> this is what a twist is this is it's 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 it was really good I actually like I know Andy, you said that um David was the most boring part of this episode i st- i don't I still think that's probably true, but it was the best we've gotten from David yet, I think. Like, That's even why if he, I had it
1: in my positives. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. Even if even if he did like a, a crappy job, like hunting this thing down, like he got it, and like we knew he was gonna get it, but like he got it, and he he brought it back, and like demanded things of Silas, and he was more grizzled, and he's it was way more
2: interesting in this episode than he has been in past episodes. Um, and he did it in a in a stupid naive uh, David way, right? Like he he's he almost like. I, I think the implication is meant to be that, like, you know, God's guiding him, basically. But he he essentially stumbled his way into success. Yep. And he's he's been so, like, so naive and so wide-eyed and childlike throughout this whole... And it was still in character, but, yeah, he mm-hmm. was way cooler.
0: Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought that was just, like, a really well-done episode where, like, generally if David's on his own and we have to just like rest just on him and his acting chops, it's not always the best episodes. Uh, but he, he sold it and did a good job. Um, the, um, uh, Sabbath queen, I thought was a fantastic way to tie in like a supernatural element to this, this kind of a plot. Like it wasn't outside the framework of this, like pseudo religious, um, Format that they had set up, like it was within that, and the
1: the I kept thinking Shakespeare, like what you've brought up before, yeah, like it felt like a very much like a Shakespearean. It was, it was Hamlet. It was very much like you know,
0: you know, him seeing his father and stuff like that, Um, and and the music playing constantly and that it was it was very much like a horror movie vibe, just right in the middle of this of this show, um, and. And usually like when I when I first realized that it was gonna be like a flashback episode to when Michelle was sick, I was like, all right, this is gonna be really boring, but you know, this show gets won, and it was like a really like it was it was more about Ian McShane and like his his madness and, and what you know to a, to a point where like he almost lost the kingdom, but like came through it like it was it was really well done. And it wasn't wasn't too over the top, considering that it was the, the Angel of Death was hanging out in this episode. Definitely should have been too over the top, but they did a good job of it. Um, um, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. It was it was well done. I was happy with it. The oh, one more thing. The another character who's somewhat boring is the the mother, um, David's mother. But the final scene uh, between her and Silas, right at the end, where she's talking about how like we both know what he can do, and we're both going to be the ones who are most hurt by it, but we can't stop it. That, that was like a really good monologue that she had, and it was really like calmly well delivered, and I and I I was into that.
2: Yeah, I agree. That was her strongest moment in the show. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was that was it was just like really really good writing, and. It was it was a combination of really good writing and really good reactions from Ian McShane. Like he doesn't really say a word; he just kind of like takes it all in and looks petrified, and it and just walks away. And it was very very dramatic. I was into it. Um, Evan, that's me.
2: That's you. Uh, what about these three episodes worked for you? Oh, so many things. And I know I had some things to, to bitch about in the negatives, but these episodes were still so good. They were so good. Uh, I also loved the, the supernatural elements in The Sabbath Queen. Um, I think it was very, very tastefully done. It wa- It didn't take a 180 and turn into, like, you know... I don't know, I'm having trouble thinking of a supernatural. But it didn't take a 180 and, like, become a horror show and suddenly have, uh, uh, like, ghosties and spooks. But, like, the apparition of death was, like, very well done and, like, very, it was subtle enough and it it worked within the, like you said, like, the level of spirituality that... The characters already exhibit in the show, so that was really interesting and really well done. Um, I really loved uh, the change in the framing device for episode ten, where suddenly the uh, the like the record keeper is a real character now. Like that episode. Is sort of about him in a way, and he changes the tone in a very visible way. Like he literally changes the way the show is being written by changing the way, like by starting a new book. And so I thought that was. Uh, I- I've always loved this this record keeper guy, like throughout the show. And I think this was such a good way to utilize that character and that that device that they've had throughout the the rest of the episodes. Um, and I know that uh, Andy took issue with the like "kill your gays" thing, and I I totally understand like where Andy's coming from there, and like because it is a problem, gays get get murdered in media all the time. But, um, I do think that Jack's story was so powerful and Sebastian Stan's acting was so strong. and it was such a good allegory for so many things that like gay men really do have to go through in real life. It was a, it was a very chilling parallel and i think it i mean it it will resonate with a lot of people and so i think it was a very important element of the story i think it would have been uh a disservice to leave that out and to have the stakes be lower and to have no one die um i also wanted to point out that um throughout this show at no point has anyone even implied that, uh, like, God hates gays? Like the the religious angle that this show exists through is not the rationale for prejudice in this universe. Uh, in fact, like Andy in the first episode, literally quoted uh, what Silas says about like you can't be who God made you, and then. That sentiment is sort of echoed um, during the funeral, like Jack's lover's funeral, where Reverend Samuels says something like, um, he did nothing wrong, like, by, I forget what he said exactly. He did nothing wrong in the way he loved, but by loving too much or something like that. So, yeah, I think it's really, really important that, uh, they don't frame, like, homophobia as an issue of, like, religion. Like Like, homophobia isn't, like, being passed down from God in this fictional religious universe.
1: Um, I don't disagree with anything you just said, um... In fact, I, I, I very much do agree that it is very well written and uh, clearly, the show had an impact on me that I talked about in earlier ending pending episodes. Um, I think a way they could have avoided the like barrier gaze trope, which I was trying to say at the end of the, the negative section, is if they had maybe a side character in like a healthy queer relationship that could have been cool. Um, and I think that could have avoided some of the pitfalls of that trope. But um, yeah, I completely agree. It's super well written and very, very powerful. Uh,
0: I want to I want to thank you both as as the resident straight on the podcast. I want to thank you both for your uh, your input there. It helps me kind of flesh out and understand a little bit more of of what this show means to to a broader audience. So thank you.
2: Yeah i i love angst too i'm a, I'm a slut for angst <laughs> i know like it's so sad and it destroys my little heart and the yeah, guy those good good emotions it's good show guys yeah what a good i was, I was uh, gonna say so, so like overall
0: not just these three episodes but overall uh evan is it working oh it's working so good andy is it working watching the show
1: it's some good shit ronnie
0: yeah, yeah, I will go ahead and, and and agree. It is working, and unfortunately, next week is is it is the end. There's no more. Oh boy. Mm, I I'm, know. It's I'm sad, sad. It's sad.
2: I'm sad, but I am excited that we get to watch the quest again, and hopefully, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna have a guest.
0: Well, well, let's make that official announcement because we
2: haven't told them that yet. Evan, what show are we watching next next season? We're going to be watching The Quest, which is a contest show about LARPing. We uh, we went back and forth for a little while about whether contest shows counted or not, but um, this was such an interesting concept for a show, and it definitely did have uh, a narrative element to it, and it had a lot of very, very interesting uh, choices that were made by the by the production team. So, fair game. We're going to watch a contest show. I can't wait.
0: Yeah, we, we spent a long time deciding if it fit the rules, and then we realized it's our podcast and we make the rules. So, so so suck it.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So we don't have any housekeeping. Uh, we will finish up um, Kings with our with our finale episode next week.
1: This will be and... the first time I've watched the ending of Kings. Oh, I've you haven't watched seen this, I've watched the show all the way through up to uh, this point, and I never finished it.
0: Did you just not want it to be over? Did you not yeah, want it to be gone?
1: I, I never, like, I didn't want to end it.
0: Oh, this is going to be emotional.
1: Yeah, I'm scared.
0: Well, we're here, we're here for you. I got you, babe. I'm like Sam, like,
1: this is the farthest I've ever been from home.
0: <laughs> One more step, and it's the furthest I've been from this episode of Kings. Um, well, well... I'm honored that we will shepherd you forth uh, to the end of Badoom. kings. Do you get it? Do you get it? Because the David's a shepherd. Um. So yeah. Anyway, there's no housekeeping. Next week we're watching Kings. The following week we're watching we're watching The Quest, and we're gonna have some guests on. Maybe. Um. Uh. Follow us on Twitter. We're at Pending Pod. Follow us on Facebook at EndingPending. Email us. Oh, we love getting emails. We got some emails recently. Uh, we're pendingpod at gmail.com. Send those along. We love hearing from you. Uh, and, and send them along if you have an interest in being a guest. We have a couple of, of dedicated listeners. I know we would we would love to have you on our podcast. So yeah, talk drop about us a line.
2: Talk about the shit you love or the shit that you hate. Yeah. We we don't discriminate. That nah. rhymed a little bit. Good job, me. Well done. High five, Evan. High five, digital high five. Alrighty,
0: so. Uh,
2: oh yeah, we got to do that sign off that we yeah, always do. Yeah,
0: nobody wants to do it because no one has a good idea of how to do it.
2: Uh, Andy, it's your turn.
1: It's my turn? Yeah. Um. We're Firefly never doing. Firefly no. we're
0: never doing. Okay, okay, Yoda.
1: All right, I'm going to hit stop
0: record. Yeah, me too.
1: Oh, wait, are we going to leave it at that? Is that really I don't know. how we're ending it?
0: We haven't really done great ones up to <laughs> no, this point. No, we really so it'll, haven't.
2: It'll mesh pretty well. I guess we're um, never
1: doing Fireflies.
2: I love you all, and we're never doing Firefly.
0: Yeah, okay. We'll end That's it good. There. Yeah. That's fine.